0: So check that out. Finally, if there are any topics, guests you'd like to hear from, questions you want answered, or if you'd like to appear on the podcast, just send me an email to robsreliabilityproject at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Now let's get rolling.
1: All right, hey guys, I'm here with James Kovaševic, the host of Rooted in Reliability podcast. If you don't listen to that one, definitely take a look at that one, have a listen. I'll be on it as well in in the upcoming few weeks here. James, how are you?
2: I'm doing quite well. You?
1: I'm doing great. I mean, it's it's January. It's the new year. It's a little dark outside, but we're on the way back up into daytime. So I'm happy about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm lucky we have managed to avoid snow so far. We have had yet to have any this year. so.
1: That's really lucky. I think when we're recording, it, it's about minus ten here in Edmonton, so not not that nice.
2: <laughs> no, it's cold. We're just not getting snow, so it's a uh, it's been a funny year here so far.
1: Good, that's nice. As long as you can stretch that out till spring,
2: right? Yeah. No, we're gonna pay for it in February. I guarantee it.
1: <laughs> so, James. I wanted to have you back on today because I wanted to get your thoughts on, on kind of some metrics and and key performance indicators.
2: Okay. Metrics and key performance indicators. They're, they're amazing, but they're also a ginormous pain.
1: I know. Like, it seems like everywhere we go that, you know, people are tracking metrics, but they don't necessarily do it right. Do you see kind of the same things?
2: Yeah, I think there's, I'm not going to say they're not doing it right. I think there's better ways of using metrics and KPIs. And um, when I talk metrics and KPIs, I'm talking almost two different things. When I talk about a metric, that to me is something that's measuring a specific process or part of a process or something like that lower down in the organization. Whereas a KPI to me is further up in that organization. That's one of those strategic things that everyone's working towards. So multiple metrics. Working together will lead up to a KPI, and that's how I kind of look at the difference there. So, I just wanted to mention that. So, if I mention metric or KPI, I, people understand what the uh, what the difference is that I'm thinking of in my head, anyways.
1: No, that's a great point because they aren't necessarily the same thing. And a lot of people use them interchangeably, but really, you know, you're right. Like a key performance indicator, the point there is
2: key. Correct. Generally, you have limited amounts of key performance indicators, and there may be many business metrics behind each one of those KPIs.
1: Absolutely. And so I guess something that I wanted to kind of talk about with you is you like the SMRP, they have, and if you don't have access to this, I do recommend buying it from them. But they have a book that's over 200 pages of different metrics that you could possibly ever want to track as a reliability person. Um, And they kind of divide it up into two big categories, leading indicators and lagging indicators. Can you kind of break down for us what's the difference between leading and lagging and why we should be looking at both of those?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, One quick thing, if you're a member of SMRP, you get free access to the uh, best practice metrics now. Um, so as long as you remember, you can access that for free. You don't have to buy it now separate. Um, so, difference between leading and lagging. So a leading indicator is something that starts to predict a future trend. It's something we can measure before we see those business results. A lagging indicator is something that we're measuring after the fact. And depending upon how you're using a particular metric, it could be both leading and lagging. Let's let's talk about those for a minute. If I think of PM compliance on its own, that is typically a lagging indicator. We're looking at how well did we execute our preventative maintenance program last week or last month. We don't know what the result is till that period is over. That's a lagging indicator. Now, we could also use that as a leading indicator depending on how we want to use it. If we're looking to drive equipment reliability or availability or something of that nature, then PM compliance could be a leading indicator of equipment reliability or equipment availability. Why? Because in theory, if we are doing very good on our PMs, our equipment reliability or availability should improve. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like th- that's a great point, right? And kind of usually when I talk to people about leading and lagging, I, I relate it to something you know, like kind of an athletic pursuit because that's kind of how I, I I think people relate to it a lot. And so to me, a leading indicator is like, how many times do you go to the gym? And then your lagging indicator would be either weight loss or your strength goes up or your physical health improves. Kind of something like that is is how I see, or that's how I usually explain it to people.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Um, the metric you need a combination of both leading and lagging metrics typically to understand how you're actually how your business is performing. Um, you w- don't want just all lagging indicators, um, and then from leading indicators. If you're really mature and you're moving towards measuring behaviors and stuff like that, then yeah, you're gonna have a lot more leading indicators. Uh, but generally, there's a balance between the two. And like I mentioned, depending on how you're looking at some of these metrics, they could be both leading and lagging at the same time.
1: Absolutely, and something I guess that the like if we were, we're trying to get into the root of why people want metrics and KPIs, like they want them so then they can improve their business, right? It, it tells you things about the business that you can start to work on.
2: Yeah, it should identify trends. It should be identifying, you know, anomalies. It should be identifying, are we doing what we said we were going to do? Those sorts of things. So that way if we're not, then we can go do a root cause analysis, figure out why we're not achieving what we should be and focus on that area.
1: Absolutely. And something I've seen, and I wanted to talk to you again and get your ideas on it. So uh, one of the sites um, I've been to, they they were kind of gaming some of their KPIs. So we we kind of knew that they weren't that greatest maintenance organization in the world, but they, were, they had 100% schedule compliance. And when we dug into it, what we learned was they were putting small jobs as taking an entire shift. So then they could do the breakdown maintenance within that schedule and maintain that KPI. So How do we get people to kind of stop gaming KPIs or how do we, do we just need to add more KPIs to look at different sides of the problem?
2: So I think, I think there's multiple ways we address that. Um, That same, that exact issue you had, I had once upon a time in my, in my past life. So what we did is when they're focusing on that schedule compliance piece, what they were doing is they were just scheduling a small number of work orders each week. they were only scheduling five or 10 work orders each week. So what we did to balance that out is we we put another metric in place, which was called planning effectiveness. And what that did is that looked at how many hours did the technician spend on planned scheduled work. So if it was a planned work order on a locked on locked in schedule from the week ahead, don't those hours counted for planning effectiveness. If they were spent on any jobs that arose throughout that week or any breakdowns, it didn't count for that. So we use that to balance schedule compliance because when we gave the organization or the sites targets there, instead of scheduling 70 work orders for a week, for example, it went down to 10 so they could hit their 90, hundred percent schedule compliance, but they weren't spending a lot of time on planned work anymore. So, with KPIs, you have—they're going to drive inadvertent behaviors. Um, it's not that people are trying to intentionally do wrong. What it is is, if we're giving them, we're measuring them on something, they're going to work to achieve that. Now, the be- a couple ways to deal with that is you have a balancing metric: schedule compliance, time spent on planned work, Stock outs, stock turns. Right, they balance each other out so we don't go too far one one way. Another way to help deal with that is by having realistic targets. And this was one of the things I did incorrectly once upon a time earlier in my career. If best practice schedule compliance was 90%, then that was the target, even if they're only currently at 50%. Um, and I learned very quickly that they'll get there, but they'll just game those numbers like you may have mentioned. So the key there is to have like almost a flight plan. Okay, you're gonna what are you gonna be at in three months, in six months, in nine months, in twelve months, and kind of build out a plan that's realistic for that site with that site's involvement? So balancing the KPIs, realistic targets, I think go a long way to minimizing some of the gaming that you may see.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a great point. And I also think that like I've seen kind of a lot of the time people they look at metrics as best practice is either 100% or zero, kind of regardless of what makes sense. And I want to kind of caution people from that approach because like what they'll do is they'll put the graph out and they'll just have an arrow and it says like more is better.
2: <laughs> no, there's there. it's a journey, right? You can't just drive one metric or two metrics to best in class numbers or you could, but you're going to cause a lot of inadvertent behaviors again. If maintenance cost as percentage of replacement asset value is really high and you want to get that low, you can just stop doing maintenance and you'll drop that number and get that within best practice real quick. The problem is, is that equipment isn't going to last too long. And that's kind of going against what we're trying to do in the first place, right? So sometimes 100% or 0% isn't the right number. And generally, if you look at the SMRP best practice numbers, a lot of them are not 100 or 0 You know, schedule compliance, I believe is 80 or 90% best in class target, right? So there's a lot of room. And also the other thing to keep in mind is based on your organizational constraints, what is realistic for you to achieve this year, next year, and so on and so forth, right? It may not be the best in class number. It may be 10% less. And then the following year, it might be 5% less. Then you're going after that best in class number, right? So we can use them to drive the right behaviors, so and we don't have to have those best-in-class numbers every time.
1: Absolutely, and that's one thing. Also, I'll mention is like when I when I was working at Tech, we were calculating some of these numbers and comparing them to uh, the some of the some of the numbers in maintenance and reliability best practice and because the I think the numbers from maintenance and reliability best practice they they were very like plant centric or manufacturing centric and we were comparing to like a mining environment we were way off of what they were supposed to like in quote unquote world classes or um by factors of even in some of them were ten ten times higher and I just want to caution people is if you're going to do some benchmarking exercises, ideally compare like within industry or compare one site from another site that are in the same company so then you kind of have a little baseline of what's going on and what should make sense.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Do your homework before you pick an arbitrary before you pick that best in class number right out of a out of a guide. Well, some of those guides will say depending upon industry yeah, you have to really understand your organization. What makes sense for you, and how are you going to get there? Right, it might be a factor of ten that you're starting off with, and you'll slowly work your way up. But at least you know where you're at currently, and then make that make that uh, improvement, if you will.
1: So, so James, I guess when we're looking to, like, let's say we're looking to implement some KPIs at our site, and you know we start measuring something and we start seeing it change because, let's say, we're you know, we're looking at maintenance cost, and it starts coming down. But if we haven't decided to make any changes, should we, like, should we take that as a meaningful change or should we just think of it as like kind of the Hawthorne effect where we're looking at something, therefore it's going to change itself.
2: I think there could be part of, that could be part of it. Um, since we're measuring it, people are paying more attention to it. I definitely think that's part of it. Um, But if you start seeing significant changes, I'd start to investigate to figure out why. Why is that happening right off the bat?
1: Absolutely. And another thing I kind of want to mention about KPIs is it's ideal if it's sort of automatically generated and updated because then it's just like less likely to be error. Well, there can still be errors, but it's less likely to get human error into that process.
2: Yes, that is definitely a, a key thing. If they can be automated, that saves a tremendous amount of time. It eliminates some of the um, inconsistencies with how different departments or different sites measure things. Um, it definitely help that way as well. So, I guess James, can you give us a few metrics
1: that people should be using?
2: Yeah, I think when we, I think there's a couple things with that. I think one of the things with metrics is that. You know, we need to understand what are those business objectives. If the organization is focused on OEE, then as a maintenance group, what can we impact? Well, we can impact availability quite well. So if OEE is for the organization, then maybe availability should be a KPI for the maintenance department. You know, from there, you want to break that down a little bit further into those metrics. You know, what drives availability? Is it PM compliance? Is it schedule adherence? Is it time spent on planned work? Think about what what issues you're having in your plant and break that down further so you know what business metrics you need to be doing or leading indicators you need of availability. Right? So you have to have figure out all those. And you need to make them meaningful for the individuals that are going to be measured on it. If you give plant a planner OE, that's not very impactful for them. Yeah, they can have an influence on it, but it's not something they can impact on a day-to-day basis. So... As you further break down those KPIs into metrics, you want to make sure that they're meaningful for those that are gonna be measured against them. Now, once we have that, you know, there's always the typical ones that we want to see. We want to see, you know, availability, we wanna see, you know, maintenance dollars per replacement asset value, you know, your PM, PDM compliance. I like looking at the labor distribution. How much do we spend on proactive maintenance, corrective maintenance, breakdown maintenance? Um, stock out, stock turns from a spare parts perspective and various things like that. Those are the ones I'm going to look at, I think, right off the bat. But to fill in the rest of those gaps, I think what organizations need to do is they need to look at each process. And if we're struggling in work management, understanding what our current state is, figuring out what our future state is, and then what KPI or metrics do we need to see if we're progressing from our current to our future state? Right, And those metrics we may only use for a period of time, six months, nine months, a year, to embed that new process. But once those are embedded, then we may only need to touch on those once in a while or put in one metric to kind of measure the whole process to let us know if something's starting to slip. Uh, but just because we're using a metric now doesn't mean we have to use it forever and ever and ever. That
1: You know, that's a really great point. And, and something that, you know, I think is often overlooked, right? Like people, what they usually end up happening is maybe we start off with four metrics and then the year after we want four new metrics. So now we have eight metrics and then we have 12 and then, right? So it's something that's important is as you go, as you progress on your maintenance journey, you're going to be looking at different things.
2: Absolutely. We need to make sure we're still doing what we said we were going to do, but at the same time, we can't measure 200 different metrics and make them meaningful every single day.
1: So uh, sometimes another issue I see with organizations when they set up KPIs is there are departments, they kind of set them up in a way that has departments competing against each other. So one of the most common ones that I see are something where you have your operations department who is, you know, their KPI is production or uptime and it sort of competes against the maintenance department, which their KPI would be something like PM compliance or maintenance hours. How do we balance those or how do we set them up correctly?
2: So I think there's a lot of things that go into that. I think from an organizational standpoint, if you think of you know ISO 55,001, one of the things in there is having that aligned organization. So everyone is aligned to the organizational objectives. And when... The whole organization is aligned. I find there's a lot less of those competing priorities that are competing KPIs that come out, right? Great example is if you have procurement looking at cost of materials, whereas maintenance is looking at cost as well, and they're thinking cost of downtime. Well, they're both focused on cost, but procurement's focused just on the cost of parts. They'll buy a cheaper part, and what does that do? Drive down reliability, increased downtime, so on and so forth, which drives up overall costs, right? So I think there's that balancing piece that has to take place with that aligned organization, that leadership team that's going to have that conversation and flesh this stuff out before they roll it out to the individual departments. Now that doesn't always happen. So one of the things that I've seen work quite well is that Organizations take a different approach to the metrics. I was with one organization where PM compliance wasn't a maintenance metric. That was an operations metric because that said that the owners of the equipment were giving it up for the appropriate amount of time to get the PMs done each week. So they started sharing some of that ownership of those KPIs. Yes, maintenance had to plan and schedule it. They had to get stuff ready to do it, but operations owned it to make sure that They were giving up the equipment when it was needed.
1: No, I really like that. I think that's a great idea and something that, you know, it obviously would have driven your like good reliability at that
2: site. Absolutely. Now, one of the other things that goes into helping this is something called a business scorecard, where you have those four quadrants that are really looking at the business from a holistic perspective. You know, the first quadrant, you're looking at the financial metrics. Second one, you're looking at the customer. The third one, you're looking at business or business processes. And the fourth, you're looking at innovation or continuous improvement, which has some training things, some root cause analysis things in it, stuff like that. Each one of those has each one of those four quadrants has about three or four metrics each. And when all those are in place, you have you truly have a holistic approach to driving those organizational objectives.
1: So, are you saying that you know, like the, the kind of the max number of metrics we should be looking at, or you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of twelve
2: to sixteen? I think it depends upon the organization. Um, some organizations are highly mature; they're able to to look at those metrics. Um, but I think anywhere between eight and sixteen is the most that one individual level can look at. So maybe at the senior leadership level, you know, the officer level of the organization, they may have their eight to 16 that they're focused in on. The maintenance manager is going to have their eight to 16 that they're focused in on, and they'll be different than the ones further up. Um, but I think any more than 16, you're not going to drive a lot of the right things because people aren't going to be, there's too many metrics. They don't know where to focus, right? So if you have that smaller eight to 16 number somewhere in that range, then we can see what's going on. We can understand those trends. We can take time to understand what's driving those things and dive into them and make those improvements.
1: Absolutely. Like that's the big thing, right? Is if you're looking at metrics, you need to be able to dive into them, kind of look at a trend, see if it's going up or down, see if it's, if it's something that you want to fix and really break it into its components. And then ideally look at that data and really figure out what's actually driving
2: it. Absolutely. Correct.
1: So James, I guess, you know, what are your top tips for like people who are trying to set up some
2: KPIs? Start small, pick the three or four that are going to make the biggest difference to your, your site. If you're struggling with work management, pick two for work management. If you're struggling with spares, pick two for spares. If you're struggling with one part of spare parts, then just pick metrics to drive, to focus on that process. You really want to have metrics in place to make sure you're driving those behaviors, driving those changes. So if we know we have inaccurate inaccurate inventory, we might want to look at inventory accuracy for rolling cycle counts and see how that starts to trend. Is it going up? Is it going down? Is it staying the same? Investigate why we're having those issues, make some changes, measure it again, and so on and so forth. Start small. The other thing is make sure it's aligned with the organizational objectives. If the organization is focused on reducing cost, then that has to be something that we're looking at from a maintenance perspective as well. So, if we're looking at a cost of goods sold from an organizational standpoint, from a maintenance standpoint, we might be looking maintenance cost per widget, maintenance cost per ton, something like that, and we want to measure that and drive those changes. But you need to have that balancing KPI to make sure we don't drive cost too far in the wrong direction and jeopardize long-term availability or reliability of that equipment. And then other than that, number of KPIs are limited and make it easy to measure. If it's too complex, if it takes too long, it's not going to get done properly.
1: Absolutely. Those are some great tips. And I guess my last question for you, James, is what mistakes do you see people making out there when looking at KPIs?
2: So I personally... My personal experience with this has a tendency to come from people are assigned metrics that they're measured on as part of their performance plan for the year or whatever the case is that they can't have a direct impact on. If you give a maintenance technician OEE for the site, yeah, they have influence on it, but that's not something they can impact every single day. So for a maintenance technician on the floor, look at something else. Is it You know, schedule compliance is it PM compliance for their area, for their crew, for their shift, whatever the case is. But focus on something that they can actually make an impact and see the changes in that metric based on their behavior behaviors. I think that's critical. Without that, then many of these metrics go unnoticed. Uh, People don't follow them; they don't care about them because they can't relate to them.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. yeah, th- I mean, James. I like again. I want you. To, I want to thank you for coming back on the show. I mean, I really enjoyed our discussion today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure jumping on to uh, to talk about maintenance and reliability and all these great things.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you talk about it as, as, a lot as well. It's just it's it's once in a while you get a chance to speak your own mind, right?
2: Yeah. Once in a while. Well, I speak my own mind a lot. It's just on maintenance reliability on someone else's show. It's only once in a while.
1: <laughs> so James, do you have anything to plug? So I mean, obviously people who are listening, you know, check out Rooted in Reliability podcast. It's available everywhere. This one is. And then also check out Iruditio because, you know, you're obviously the the principal instructor there. Do you have anything else to plug? Are you going to be at any conferences coming up?
2: Yeah, definitely going to be at some conferences. So I am for sure at Reliable Plant. uh, I believe that's in April. I'll be presenting a paper there on digital asset management strategy. Um, Also at the SMRP Symposium, I'll be presenting a paper on asset hierarchy and the link to reliability, as well as a workshop, uh, the checklist manifesto for maintenance um, there. There are probably some other conferences that are coming up that I'll be at as well. Um, I might be at IndyCon, not sure yet. That has yet to be confirmed. Um, but aside from conferences and speaking, you know, uh, there's a new, I guess, newscast that we're doing as well. It's called the Reliability Report. You can find it on YouTube. It comes out every two weeks, and it's more focused on manufacturing as a whole, as an industry. Um, but it's a newscast just on manufacturing, you know, maintenance, industry 4.0, those sorts of things. But you can find that on YouTube. It's Reliability Report.
1: Awesome. I'll have to check that one out. I haven't seen it yet.